You, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> listening to the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Today on the show, we have author Nick Flynn, whose memoir, This is the Night Our House Will Catch Fire, recently came out. He's also had two books come out in the past year as well, um, I Will Destroy You, which is a book of poems, and then another book called Stay, which is a kind of a mixed media book. It has um, poetry, ri- other writings, uh, photography, are all kinds of cool stuff. It's a beautifully pressed hardcover book. I definitely recommend that you check that out as well. Um, I want to thank Laura Albert, uh, whom you may know as JT Leroy. She's the one who helps helps set this up for me. This kind of came out of the blue for me. I was not expecting to have Nick on the show, um, but uh, through Laura's magic, she was able to help me get him on. So extremely grateful to Laura for making that happen. And I'm um, very appreciative to Nick for taking the time to talk with me. Um, while I'm on it, Laura's newest audiobook was released. Um, her short story collection, The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things, was released in early February on Blackstone Audio. Now, um, if you remember a few episodes back, we had Laura as well as the team who helped put together the audiobook of Sarah, the novel under the name J.T. Leroy. Um, same same group. And um, what's really cool about this one is we have several different narrators um, reading the short stories. So uh, once again, we have Winston Brown, who, who recorded Sarah. She's on it, um, as well as too many names to mention here. Um, definitely check that out. Excellent, excellent book. Um, and I'm excited to listen to it for myself in audio form. Okay, so without further ado, let's talk to Nick Flynn. So we're here with Nick Flynn, and I recently just finished This Is The Night Our House Will Catch Fire. Um, I also have my copy of Stay right here, uh, which I love this book. I've just been bringing this to work. And flipping through it, and then um, even some of my students are like, "What do you What do you got there?" So they they've been looking through it too. And um, I I read somewhere I don't know if it was a re- review, but someone said "Stay" is like the glue that that holds together all of the of the published work that you've done. Yeah, that, um, that sounds true. Somebody did say that. Who said that? Somebody did say that. I don't know. I remember reading it, and I was like, "That's such a cool way to describe it." Oh, that was um, in Vanity Fair or something. I think that was in Vanity Fair. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that that was great. So I I guess I'm curious because um you so the, the memoir just came out uh, fairly recently and then Stay came out as well. What so Stay came out in 2020? Was it during the height of the pandemic? I know we'd only had a couple of good months it, there. It, it it just as the pandemic hit it, it landed like the day everything shut down for, <laughs> yeah uh, you know then that was the release so everything so i just spent i'd spent the, the previous you know three months plugging in and like getting all readings and events and things set up and then i spent the next you know unplugging everything like like everyone <laughs> like everyone yeah yeah and then um, we did virtual we did we did we did a bunch of virtual events um which was uh 
uh, which is fine. You know, it, it just was was what it was. So. Right. I, I watched one the other night. I, for, I forget exactly where it was, but you had a couple uh, um, of your friend contributors on there as well. So I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I think we've been doing this long enough now that it's almost uh, it's becoming, I don't want to say normal, but we're, I'm getting used to online platforms and, you know, zoom one-on-one I'm okay with, but more than one person in a conversation, that's a real challenge. But where where do you teach that? You said your students were looking at the book. Do you you go? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a high school teacher. Uh, I teach in real in person are you going in person yeah. to them? yeah huh? yeah utah utah's a little um uh you know yeah. con- conservative so i'm doing we have in person and then i have to do online as well so i've been like dual yeah platforms which i've it's been a challenge but um i have really good classes and good students so they've been they've been great so we're, i mean we're all masked up and I love I love Salt Lake City. I used to go there a lot. I had like a there was some sort of summer program. I went and taught it a few times. And uh, oh wow, there's a period of time where I'd go to Salt Lake City quite a bit. Um, and I, I liked it. It was it was so, it it is so like concerned with the Mormon stuff. And it, and but like the kids were like so freaky because of that. Like mm-hmm. the kids were just yeah. like they had a lot to push against. You know, like in Brooklyn, yeah. like there's not much to push against. You know, because like. <laughs> In Salt Lake City, man, you know, they, they were wild. Those kids were wild. Yeah, well, I remember growing up here, um, I, I turned 40 in a couple months, and just, like, the the music scene, like, the, I remember bands would come through, and they are like, the mosh pits here are, we've never yeah. seen anything like it. Like, you guys yeah. have some pent-up angst, for sure. Yeah, the energy, um, energy was really good in Salt Lake City. I, I thought well, it was, the, I Yeah, it was. The, city, the city itself is, like, it's come a long way in the last 10 years, especially, but there's always been you know, cause I grew up in a suburb of Salt Lake and I, I live, I lived downtown for years and years. And we just, we just bought a house um, just outside of the city, really close, but there is that counterculture that I think a lot of people are surprised by when they, when they do visit here, but it, it's, it's there and it's strong. That's right. Cause I would teach high school. I remember going and teaching like high school kids when I went to, to the oh, wow. whatever program it was I went to, I can't remember the name of it now, but uh, I went there a couple of summers and, and they, they, yeah, the kids were great. Yeah, the, the teenagers, the teenagers were very cool. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm from here. I left. I, I live in Long Beach, California, and then I moved to Boston, um, and I, that's where I met my wife, and she's from Vermont. So she wanted a change, so we, we, we decided to come back, and I, kind of got my life squared away with teaching. But you, yeah, you a lot in Boston. I did. I lived in the in the North End. Good Lord. Um, yeah. So you're, fr- you're, yeah, you're from Boston or you're from Massachusetts, right? Yeah. And I lived in Boston for like 10 years. Yeah. Really. Okay. Yeah, until I was 30 almost. I, oh, know. wow. Is, is that when you lived on the, the boat or did you live in a particular neighborhood? I lived in the boat in Boston. Yeah. When I first, I lived in on a boat in Boston and then I moved the boat to Provincetown to Cape Cod. Okay. Uh, but, and then I lived in a, a loft in Boston. It's, I mean, when, when you say loft now, it sounds like something fancy, but it was like an abandoned building in <laughs> combat zone um, yeah. that, that we went to the, you know, the, the, the gangster uh, owner of the building because it was in the combat zone. It was in the, you know, the combat zone is the adult entertainment district. Right. And it was an old strip joint. And we uh, convinced them, we somehow convinced them to, to let us like move in. And he just gave us the lease and we just took over this building and it, it was fun. It was really oh, fun. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't I had to leave. I couldn't afford it. I mean, I had a good time there, but it was I was pretty short-lived. 
Um, yeah. But it, it was a good this experience. Was back in the 80s. So it was actually like, it, it was right at the edge of things, like the whole world, like getting too expensive. Right, like was, right. Actually, like the city, it was that big tide of people moving back into cities. Um, and so, I mean, my, I had a, I mean, I had an apartment in the North end for a little while when I first got to the city uh, that I paid $250 for. Oh my gosh. And it was in the North end. It was <laughs> literally like I sat in bed and just looked at my refrigerator. It was like, yeah, yeah. It was like, it was a tiny room, but it was like for 250. It was great. It was That's like, incredible. Yeah. I live, I live right on Prince street and um, yeah. um, Prince and, and uh, Hanover. Yeah. And so, but it was, yeah, we, we had three guys packed into a tiny little, <laughs> tiny little spot there, you know, it's a, the, the, a little racist for me in the North end. Uh, you know, I was, I was pretty naive to that. And I was a bit, I was quite shocked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Right in your face. I mean, it's really in your face there. And I was lost. I, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, lines you can't cross. And like, you know, if you go to that side of the street, you, you, you know, it's, it's really cut up like that. So right, I was I was quite surprised, but yeah, I, I you know I got an education. That's for yeah. sure. Um, I still love Boston too, though. I mean, it, you know, you just have to know how to get around it, I guess. But that's true. Yeah, we I tr we go back usually. Well, it's been a while now, but usually every year or two we go back and yeah, yeah. see the family. But um, but anyways, like yeah, enough about me. I uh, I'm just curious since you you put out three, so you had to stay. You had the memoir that I mentioned, which, I mean, you have the greatest titles for books, I think, out of any author I I, I know. And then you had the um, I Will Destroy You, which I haven't I haven't had a chance to get that one yet. Oh, you're, um, you're for a treat for that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I want to I'm going to pick that up. Uh, so, I mean, these are these are three pieces of work that came out relatively short. Um, it came out in a year, yeah, in the course of a year, from September to September. There were three books: September 2019 to September 2020. Uh, three books came out, yeah, which was okay. very unusual. I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, right. So they I mean they're 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 definitely, uh, you know, I would imagine, you know, not seeing the other book, but they're all quite different in in style. So were you working on them simultaneously, or were these things that have been kind of in the works for years yeah they, they all like you know i usually work on um like a a few projects at a time and usually they, they don't come out all at once um they uh and the, the poetry that i will destroy you is the sibling book to this is the night our house will catch fire like i often do that like there's often like a uh, i'll write prose and poetry at the same time with the same materials um just to see where you know it's it's the energy is very different when you're uh, writing in poetry and prose, and things you can do that you need to do in prose you don't need to do in poetry, and so, and and some and sometimes they don't always fit together. You can't just put them in one book. So um, right, those two books were uh, written sort of uh, side by side, uh, but the first one that I will destroy you though it had a, a, the process of revision of all those poems was I, I had a band I. I, I formed a band and we performed all the poems um uh and that's how i revised them just to see how they would uh play um uh which was new new for me to have this uh band i said you know i still have the band we haven't performed much we rehearsed a little but it was really fun though it was really fun to sort of this new uh this whole new medium uh yeah, yeah that's great that's really yeah that's um and then and so yeah i'm definitely getting that i mean because i i love the this is the matter house 
um, catch on fire. So, um, well, anyways, yeah, go ahead. You were about to say something. Uh, the band is just called Killdeer, it's, uh, which is one of the poems in the uh, book. A killdeer is a bird, you know, this bird that uh, uh, it does the it does the broken wing trick, I think they call it, where it, it pretends to have a broken wing to uh, lure like a predator away from its nest so that the predator won't go for the young. So it'll oh, wow. sort of limp away from the nest with a broken wing and the predator will chase it and it'll save the, and then it'll fly away. So, oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's really, a really cool. tricky thing. So killdeer, there's a few birds that do that, but, you know, so we called the band killdeer. Oh, I love it. That's, that's a great, yeah, great name. Because we're all limping along, pretending to be hurt. So yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to check that out. Definitely. Um, well, we'll stay. I mean, I mean, I've had a chance to look at it quite a bit. I haven't, I mean, it's, it's a great just to kind of flip through, but I, I am meaning to kind of go through it page by page um, and read everything, but it's just like, it just reminds me of a journal like that, you know, I used to keep when I was younger with like, I went to school for photography right out of high school. So, um, you know, right, right at the cusp of digital kind of taking off. So we didn't do any digital. It was all darkroom stuff and, you know, Polaroid. Is that in California? And actually here in, in uh, Salt Lake, I went to a, just the, the Salt Lake Community College had an excellent photography program. So I did two years there and, uh, you know, I didn't get, no career came of it, but I just, I'm so grateful for that experience. I learned, I learned of all these photographers that I, like Mary Ellen Mark and different folks that were, I probably would never have been exposed to, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love, I love photography. And, and I, I also, I too had a dark room set up in my twenties. I, you know, in, when I went to, to uh, an undergrad at UMass Amherst, uh, my work study job was, uh, I, I, you know, you get to choose it. And I chose, you know, you, you can work at like in the cafeteria or something. And I chose to work at the photo lab, which I was just so like, I mean, why would you work at the cafeteria if you could right. work? Right, if you could choose, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but I, I felt very lucky. So I worked there for like a few years. Like, and I, I, you know, I learned a lot about photography just by doing that. And then I set up a dark room in my, my loft in Boston. That loft in Boston had a dark room in it. And, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I would love to. I know. I I would love to get back into that again. I mean, I I guess everything is still available. You just got to purchase it online, and you know, I I have an enlarger boxed away somewhere well, i was gonna um, say i'll send you my enlarger because I, I have one i'm never gonna use like, I'm like I mean, it's all digital now like it's hard to like justify yeah. going into the dark room right now well it's, it's just so time consuming and then i was always like oh, i'm probably gonna get cancer from like like slowly like those chemicals are getting in somehow for me in my 20s when i would like because i some of the photographs in the um uh in stay some of those photographs i i took in my twenties and developed in the dark room. Like the, the, there's a picture of like old bottles sort of turning into like moss on top of a roof. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a picture of a guy walking in the rain in New York. Uh, I developed all those, but I would, the thing was, I was, I was, you know, it was before I got sober. So I, one of my favorite things to do is to get high and go to the dark room and then come out like two days later. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like, and then I, when I quit, you know, using drugs and, and, and drinking, uh, in my late twenties, I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Why would you want to go into a dark room for like two days? Like, it made no like I had no, like, so I just stopped. I really just, I, it, 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 I sort of stopped that. But I love taking photographs. So I'm really happy that phones now have such good cameras on them. You know. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's cool. I, uh, 
well, I'm just kind of curious. What, what do you have like a digital camera that you prefer or do you just like, like to shoot on your phone? No, I, I, I just shoot on my phone. My, my wife has some really good digital cameras and like, I mean, I, I was really into it for a while. I just gave, I had a, for, for, you know, a, a 35 millimeter camera. I had a, a, a Leica. Um, oh, that's the best, I just, yeah. I just, I just have lent it or maybe given it to a friend of mine who's just really into taking photographs now. Um, and I just thought like, yeah, just, you know, I'm not using this. So just you use this. Yeah. Well, then the expense of it, I mean, you have to really, yeah, the t- time consuming and expense. And I like, that was one of the limitations was always like, oh, I don't, I can't afford um, yeah. Yeah. X amount of film. And then I'm not going to print these. I'm just going to keep the contact sheets and then, yeah. you yeah. know, so there's yeah, I, that. I, I did a lot of printing, but it was it's just, yeah, it, it takes a long time, but also in, in, you sort of want to print large too at a certain point too. And that costs even more money, you know? So oh yeah. Like, Medium format and yeah, going yeah. beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. So, um, with, with the, with the new memoir, I mean, you've written other memoirs. Um, and what I loved how you were, you kind of jumped into the different people and it was just like this seamless transition into like your mom or your mom's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I haven't, I've only seen Bean Flint, so I haven't read some of the older stuff. Is this like a, was this a new approach or was this how you have done the other ones? Well, it might look like, they might look similar to the other books, just like if you looked at them, but uh, the, the process of making them has all been very different. Um, uh, Cause I, I do tend to write in um, very short bursts, uh, or at least that's how they get published. Uh, that then I, I uh, weave together into some sort of a pattern. Uh, but this one was, the, the process of writing was very different. So I, I really did this, uh, I wrote them all in these these workshops I teach. Uh, every every piece was written in these workshops I teach, where you and you sort of gather energy, like you spend like days, like like generating energy around like one scene and write, writing really deeply into like like maybe the supermarket scene that's in that book, like mm-hmm. you know, which is a, a chunk where my mother appears in the uh, you know when I was a kid, when I was like five years old, she worked in a supermarket making donuts in the morning, so she'd go in at five in the morning and. Um, and she she was a single mother, so she'd often bring me with her, uh, and and I would just I just thought it was magical. Like I I just get to walk around the supermarket like in the dark, like when the sun's coming up, she's making donuts. I'd get the first donut, and I just I it was just really magical. Like in this space, like you know, big glass windows, but like you know, it's dark outside, and right. Um, and so I I spent like a, a week or you know, in in one of the workshops, like writing about the supermarket, and. Uh, and, and just what it was, everything I could remember about it. And then we sort of take, we sort of would take it all, the whole group, I'd have like, you know, a group of students, you know, and we'd, then we'd take everything we'd written, each of us on our own and sort of cut it up into pieces and then sort of try to arrange it to make this sort of like a, a narrative, uh, associative narrative out of it. And then distill that down. So it was a real weird process of cooking it, uh, like like building it and like the gathering and then cooking it down and then building it and gathering it down. So that's how all those pieces were made. Um, and so it, it has a different energy than the other books. So if you look at it, it's like, yeah, they're these short bursts, but they're how it's put together is very different. Yeah, it was beautiful. So I like I I had the 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 ebook and then I ended up um getting audible about halfway through on it and just kind of like followed along or listened to it. Oh, I haven't I, listened to it. How's how is the reading of it? Well, I you know, I enjoyed it. I um because I 
you know, when I talked to Laura about Audrey, that was, we had her on yeah. talking about um, Sarah Winsome, who I met was incredible. And that yeah. audiobook is like incredible. So I, I had never really put much stock into audiobooks, never really, really listened to them. It's been kind of a recent thing, I would say, since the pandemic, honestly, I got Audible and yeah. I've been kind of doing that. Um, which, by the way, her book or her short story, um, the heart is deceitful above all things. I think it comes out next week in, in audio form. And there's some, um, you know, each, each, uh, short story is read by someone different. Winsome does yeah. one. So I'm really looking forward to that one. It looks, it looks really oh, cool. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, so the audiobook. um, I don't know the, the, the narrator and I'm not, I've never heard him narrate before. And, um, you know, as far as my opinion goes, I really enjoyed it. And I kind of got into, you know, initially sometimes I'm like, oh, am I, am I going to be able to listen to the, the last half of this book or do I want to just, um, you know, go back and forth. And so I just found myself following along and listening to him. And I, I kind of, I like the rhythm in which he read. I mean, cool. you're, you're the, you're the author. So you, you probably have some. No, I, some haven't, I haven't listened to it. I haven't heard him read it. So I, I loved, I loved it. I was really um, I've never listened I, to any of my books being read. Like I've never, yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of like, you just don't want to, you don't want to hear it. You're like, oh. Yeah. If I, what if I don't like it? Like, you know, <laughs> what, there's nothing I can do about it. It's like. That's, what if, <laughs> that's true. I heard, I, heard, I heard once that, I heard once, I'm not sure if it's true that, that my first memoir, Another Bullshit Night in Sex City was read by someone with an English accent, which I thought was really odd. Cause it's like. Oh, wow. Such an Irish book. So it just feels like that seems wrong, but maybe that's not true. It might not even be true. So. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll, that'll be my next. Um, oh, it's actually on. It's on. Uh, I think it's it's one of the books that are included with your Audible subscription. So I, really? I da- yeah, I downloaded it. So I have it on my on my tablet. So I'll, I'll give it a listen. Well, Audible might have done a different version of it, too. Maybe they did a different version of it. Right. It, right. It kind of a new company. This is that would have been 16 years ago or something. Oh, like wow. That. Yeah. Yeah. But whoever this guy was, I, you know, I found it really enjoyable and just. Nice. He, yeah, so I stamp my stamp of approval. I dug it. <laughs> I, I listen to I listen to mostly podcasts, so this is I'll, I'll be you know I'm, I'm I'm one of your your you know fan base. So like oh um, good, <laughs> that's well yeah. So I was um I I mean I've I've seen the movie. I've I've known of you for a long time, and and I had stay, um and so Laura reached out and said, oh Nick Flynn um. I was talking with them, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I was a bit, I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I was like, Oh wow. Nick, Nick's like the, that'll be the biggest person I've had on. Um, no offense to the other. I think JT Leroy might be the biggest person. Like, yeah. (laughs) Well, I gotta say when she, I mean, not to go, not to go off in the right, like another direction too much, but when I, when she reached out to me, it was through Twitter. Um, and it was through the JT Leroy account, which I didn't follow. And yeah. so I just thought it was some like fake account, some yeah, one, sure. like someone who knew me that was making fun of me. Yeah. And um, so I just kind of like, you know, felt it out. And I'm like, I think this might really be her, um, <laughs> <laughs> which was really bizarre. And then she and then, yeah. you know, she got my phone number, I gave her my phone number. And then she called and there was I didn't get a chance to pick it up because I didn't realize who it was. And there was a voicemail. And I'm like, yep, that's <laughs> that's her. <laughs> yeah. oh. Had you already so, seen the movie? Had you already seen author or no? Yeah, yeah, I'd seen it and I'd read Sarah several years before. Yeah, so, okay. uh, 
yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. So yeah, see, I mean, so she put me in contact with you. So that was awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah really nice cool. But it, but I think that, I think that, you know, in the world of publishing, she's probably bigger than me. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you guys, both of you. Yeah. So you and, and Laura, that's the biggest guest I've had on <laughs> so far. So thank you so much. Um, oh, what was I going to, what was I going to say? Uh, so, you, so you do workshops. Are you are you teaching in Brooklyn, or do you do you travel to do those? And with the well, pandemic, I have, or I have a regular gig. I've had a gig for a while, which is I teach one semester a year down at the University of uh, uh, University of Houston, down in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. They have a they have a, a really cool writing program down there, and uh, so I get to teach like I teach the whole range. So I teach undergrads, but I also teach you know uh, MFA and PhD students, which is really uh, it's great because I, I really like the whole range of them. Um, so I'm there every spring. So I just got off a, a Zoom thing with an independent study right before this uh, with a PhD student. And, um, and, and, but I also teach like in the, you know, in the before times, I would teach like these week long workshops. Uh, and some were like sort of regular for the last like many years, like at one a place called the, uh, the uh, Omega. Omega Center. Um, I know I'm, I'm spacing out like because everything's like drifted away. Like because I taught there for ten years. It's Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this New Age place in upstate New York, uh, up around Rhinebeck, and uh, it, it's they they have writing things too. And I, I I was turned on to it years ago when I first quit drinking. Uh, I, my my therapist at the time kept giving me this catalog for the Omega Center, uh, saying, "Oh, you should take a look at that." Because he thought I needed a lot of help. I was like kind of a mess. And it was sort of had these spiritual, uh, you know, healing stuff. And, you know, and I was very black leather and, and, and dark cloud kind of person. Uh, and so I, I kept throwing, I, I, I had no, no tolerance for like new age stuff. So I kept throwing it out the window, the catalog. And then he'd ask me the next week if I had, if I'd read it, if I'd looked at the catalog, I'd say, nah, I threw it out the window. And then he said, uh, we'll take another one. So he had a whole pile of them. So I kept taking this catalog and, Finally, it, it it was raining and uh, the window was closed. So I went to throw it out. It didn't go out. So uh, <laughs> my girlfriend found it and she opened it and she looked at it. She opened it up and found out like one of my favorite writers was teaching there. Like uh, Carolyn Forche was teaching there, which I thought I was like, Carolyn Forche is teaching this place. So I ended up take, signing up for her workshop and I took it for like three years. And it really changed my life. It was really it was an amazing place. And then about 20 years later, they asked if I would teach there. So I, I, I kind of go there just because I feel like it was so um transformative for me to do this and so you do like yoga in the morning and there's like you know really nice vegetarian meals and there's like uh you know it's all like tai chi and you know it's all very you know uh isolation tanks and Mm -hmm. you know people doing like chanting and you know like the dalai lama goes there and then Thich Nhat han and pima children and it's like all very you know new agey um but it's great. I, I really love it. So I teach there every every summer. But I didn't. It got canceled this summer, and mm-hmm. and then I teach other places too. I, I do these week long workshops. So oh, that's cool. Oh, I would love to do one at some point. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you have to come to Salt Lake once this yeah. whole thing is over. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. No, I like I like I like teaching those workshops. So uh, great, very cool. Um, well, going back to podcasts, what what podcast are you listening to these days? Oh God. Can, that's like, that's like a, I mean, like the easy thing is I can just look it up. I'm like, 
phone yeah. here because uh, I, I did a lot of the like Trump ones, you know, mm-hmm. like Trump Cast, Trump Incorporated. Uh, one, one I love is called Dopey. You know, Dopey. Um, uh, Dopey, so. Dopey is one that um, uh, it's about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. Uh, <laughs> so it's a guy, this guy Dave. Dave and Chris started it uh, a few years ago, and he uh, when they they'd met at rehab, and they just wanted to talk about the crazy stories they would talk about and their their drug using is, and and they they were both sober too. And so they went for a couple of years and it was like kind of a beautiful podcast. Like they were just sort of, they'd have like people come on and they were trying to sort of vaguely get people encouraged people to get sober, but they didn't care though. It didn't like, you know, it, it wasn't their main thing. Um, but they said, yeah, you should be sober is good if you want to, you know, if you're not. That <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then the young Dave was around 40 and Chris was around 30. And then Chris ended up going out, but not telling Dave, like, like started oh. using again and like it was so it's so heartbreaking because you hear in the you hear the arc of it in the podcast like you hear for like a month where they'd get together and do the weekly podcast and then chris was just a little out of it and he was not like and and dave was like what's what's wrong with you man you're just you, what are you just so stupid and you know like or they had a playful relationship and then chris just fucking od'd like and he died he just died so now oh dave is doing it by himself and so i've been on the podcast and like my wife's been on it and other writers i know have been on it like i it's uh yeah it's a it's an interesting so i i, I like that one i like dopey mm-hmm. um that's one <laughs> uh the one called the fall of civilizations do you know that i don't it's like, know it's so good this guy like I, I forget what his name is but he they're like the last one was like three hours and 20 minutes long oh, like wow. he to, like the incas Mm-hmm. This the last one is called the Incas, uh, cities in the cloud, and he just like goes in deep, like how the civilization came into being and then how it collapsed, like what happened to it. And it's like he's got this oh, English accent. It's really, that's great. I'm a really history. Cool. Te- I'm a history and philosophy teacher, so that would be like, oh, you, and we teach, we talk about it. Yeah, I love it. That's great. No, we we talk about that all the time in class and with the the whole capital thing. We watched it live, and and they were like. Mr. Bingham, this, this is, is this the end of the, you know, because we've talked about civilizations, they never last, you know, forever. And so like, is this it? I'm like, well, we got to keep watching. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they don't last forever. You know, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, but it's felt like the end of this civilization for a while for me. I mean, but, you know, <laughs> keep limping along, you know. So, yeah. Uh, there's a bunch I've been on, too. I've been on a few. Um, uh I'll just sort of read their names off. Writers on Writing. That was nice. Other People with Brad Listy. Do you know this one? Other People? I don't uh, know. Memory Motel, which is cool. The Way We Live Now with Danny Shapiro. That's kind of a big one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know that one. Uh, Family Secrets with Danny, Danny Shapiro. I was on one of them. I forget which one I was on. Maybe I saw on both of them. Uh, She's a Talker, which is like the she is a cat. This guy, Neil's cat. She's a Talker. That was fun. <laughs> the Creative Nonfiction Podcast fucking Shakespeare podcast, <laughs> uh, commonplace, which is really cool. Uh, Rachel Zucker talks, talks to poets, spiritual asshole. Uh, that was fun. Drinks with Tony. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm good f- friends with Tony. Oh yeah. 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 Just want to give a shout out to all the ones I've been on before. Oh, so those, ones are, those are some of the ones I've been on. So, Oh, that's cool. I got to check those out. Yeah. I, I'm, I've only heard of a couple of them. I mean, I listen to Tony's pretty regularly. Um, on Spotify, if you follow, if you look at my Spotify account, um, 
I have a whole just one one thing is called podcasts and it has oh like cool a, um you just I, a lot of them somehow end up on spotify i don't know it's like do you end up on spotify yeah mine's on there i mean i didn't put i, I use anchor as my like home base and then it, it it pumps it out to all the different ones so i, I say yeah 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 so it's on spotify oh cool yeah if, if you if you deem that this one is worthy then i'll, I'll find it. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll put I'll put the link to your to your um, Spotify account into the description here because I think that um, it's always fun to hear different you know writers or or anyone really uh, beyond different podcasts because you get like a different take of that of that specific person you know yeah so yeah, yeah that's cool um, my, I'm my Spotify thing is Nick underscore Flynn I just saw okay so, okay yeah. cool yeah I'll look that up for sure. There's a few of them in there, yeah. There's a few of the podcasts in there. Very so, cool. So, so the the podcast is called Salt Lake Dirt. Are you hoping for dirt? Is that like the? Is that the? Uh... Yeah, and um, yeah. So <laughs> dirt, and and Tony actually helped me come up with the idea. So he was also. I don't um, know if I've given you any dirt. I haven't really given you any dirt. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to. I'm not. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast to like dig up stuff, but, um, it actually. I, I I was thinking he was like you should do something with Salt Lake City because there's nothing you don't really hear about Salt Lake City much and it, it could give you a unique angle and you, you cover Sundance and um, mm-hmm. I'm like well every, right. everyone right there Sundance are you gonna drive up there or do well you... they're doing it all online this yeah, year yeah. yeah yeah so it's gonna be quite a bit different so um, they're trying to keep it as like 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 I had my tickets all lined up but it's um you got to watch it within the three hour window of when it actually premieres. So they're oh. trying to keep people like some kind of community. Then they do a Q&A right after. Um, Slamdance is doing it different. So I think that's really cool. So I'm having to adjust my schedule a bit. Slamdance is doing it a bit different where they're uh, they're usually just a week long, but they're doing it for two full weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, you can get um, if you're if you're pressed, you can get the app on your Roku and you everything's accessible right now early. And then um and what's really cool about them, like tickets are only 10 or 20 bucks and you get access to the whole thing. So if you're just someone who wants to watch the films, you have that. And then they're doing like a Joshua Tree uh, drive-in movie theater, like the last couple of days of the of the festival. So I think they're, I mean, I've always loved slam dance. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's great. Much more accessible, but um, it's, it's cool to see the way they're adapting. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, I think it'd be cool if they if they allow they had that as an option for you know getting to Park City. Everyone can't do that, and they want to do that. So um, yeah, most of these films just kind of disappear. Yeah, this might be a thing. You know, the the the, the upside of the pandemic is like you know, we have seen that some things do work in other ways. Like like uh, we'll see. Like I you know went on I went on book tour twice during the pandemic and like, right right. It definitely was ideal, but there were some good, good crowds at like some of these things, like some, you know, there were like, you know, a lot of people that, you know, from all over the country, all over the world. could. could... Yeah, no, it's cool. I, I did one um, through Book Soup in Los uh-huh. Angeles, and I, I don't know if they do them, you know, before the pandemic, but it was such a treat for me because Bruce Wagner put out his new book and he's one of my favorite mm-hmm. writers. And it was just he, he's not really he doesn't do a lot of press or book tour stuff that that i've seen um mm-hmm. and so that was that was a pretty cool experience and the, the book's awesome um i i don't know that book uh what's it called 
the the book's called the Marvel Universe, and so he he oh, did yeah, a cool he yeah, did I a saw, cool thing. Have you heard about it? I've seen it around. I, I was just in a bookstore yesterday. I saw it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what he did was like a, it's pretty wild. So I guess he um he wanted to use an LA publisher or a California publisher for this book, um and the you know they had a deal already and everything and. Uh, they didn't like some of the language she used. So he, he called one of the characters fat. Like she, she's an obese woman. And so she refers to herself as fat and they're like, the language is problematic. So he was like, hmm. okay. And so he just, he put it out into the public domain. So if you go to his website, it's just there for free. And oh. so he's encouraging anyone. He's like, you can make a bootleg copy. You can make a short book, film based off of it. doesn't exist in actual form. Maybe I saw something else. Well, you, no, you might have because um, Book Soup put out a short run of 500. Um, oh. And then other people have, I've noticed other people have been publishing it. So like maybe you or me, you or me could publish it. Okay, maybe I saw that. Yeah, because I feel like I saw it yesterday. So it's funny. You probably did. I, I've been hearing um, it's been popping up in different locations. So I would love to be able to track and see who, see the people who are uh, doing yeah. this. And, and then same thing, it could be made into a film. It could be made into a short film. And he's like, I want no money for it. Um, so kind of an interesting, you yeah. know, approach to the whole thing. Nice. Nice. Um, anyway, so, um, so my experience of making the film, you want to know right. that? Yes, I do. So yeah, going uh, back to that. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't have any real dirt about it. Like it was, you <laughs> know, cause I, I had a good experience with it. Like I, I worked with, uh, uh, Paul White's, uh, and the thing is that I teach, I teach, uh, collaboration and interdisciplinary art. Like I, I mm -hmm. sort of worked with a lot of different artists, like that book stay, you know, right. shows. Um, so I kind of know how to work with people and I know like to, uh, you know, take my ego out of it in a certain sense. Um, Cause a lot of like, they don't want to have like a writer on the set, like usually, like, right, you know, right. it's just not, it's not helpful, but I, I'm kind of <laughs> helpful. Like, like, so, cause I was really like clear, like, you know, we, we Paul wrote the script and he sent me all the drafts. He did like 30 drafts and I would give him notes on it. We'd argue about some things. And, um, but that was over like a course of seven years. So we got to be friends over that time. Oh, wow. And then, uh, yeah, we're still in touch. I mean, Paul and I are still in touch and, and also his, also the people that work with Paul, uh, you know, Dan and, and Andrew, uh, and I, they're really great to work with. They're just really good people to work with. And, mm. uh, and I, and I, I, I really didn't care how I was portrayed in the film. Like I didn't like, like, you know, if it wasn't like me, I'd like, I, I, I know what film is. It's not like, it's not, right. like, the book isn't me. I mean, it's not like, you know, there's like, it's so many levels removed from reality, whatever that is, is, is what happened to me is the, my memory of what happened to me is me writing a book about what happened to me. There's a movie, you know, so it's all, it's, it's, it, you know, I didn't expect it to be like, wait a minute, that's, I would never do that. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I, I, you know, I loved what, what, uh, Paul Dano did actually. I thought, you know, he, he was a, you know, he was a much better me than me. I mean, <laughs> as a human being, you know, yeah. Uh, but even that, like, it's, it's funny, like certain things about the film, I was just talking to a friend about this recently, like, cause in it, the, you know, how Paul is portrayed is a little bit, a little bit passive. He's a little bit like, you know, things happen to him and he's not like, um, He's not really directing things. He goes and sort of asks if he can be, you know, if he can uh, live in this loft. And he sort of, he sort of is drifting along a lot. And I, I certainly had some 
level of me drifting, but you know, I I built that loft. I mean, I you know, there, there's certain things that wanted me to be more passive than I was. Like the boat in one of the scripts, you know, I have this dream of like leaving on a boat, but I never get it in the water. I'm like, oh, I I have a captain's license. I like got <laughs> I got the boat in the water. Like I you know. <laughs> But for some reason, like they needed that to have the tension against De Niro, like he'd be like right. to create this tension between two, so that when Dano finally explodes at him, it had more energy. And so I can understand that as a you know, right, creating something. So, but Paul was a little, you know, Paul would even when he saw like some of the takes, Paul Dano, like he was like, wait a minute, I there were much better takes than that, like where I was really like you know full of life, and right. but they it was an intentional thing to make it so that it would build to a certain tension. So. And I respect that. Like, you know, that's what we all have to do. We're all, you know, manipulating reality in order to make a, you know, to make something have more strength, more energy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, you know, those are, those are the things there are certain things like that, you know, in the, in the book, uh, another bullshit night in suck city. I, and in my life, I never invited my homeless father into my loft. Mm-hmm. Like I just, he was living in the shelter. I was like, you can't come in here. In the right. film, I take him in, you know, I'm like, so I'm like, wait a minute, what, what is that? Like, that's like, I was yeah. like, a, and we talked about that for a long time. Like Paul and uh, I talked at that point and Paul was like, cause once my father got off the streets from being homeless, I mean, I did take care of him. I, you know, I, I kept him in housing for like 16 years and you know, until he died, mm-hmm. um, 60 more, more years, 20 years. Um, and, uh, so he was sort of, he was sort of compressing time, you know, he's compressing time. Like, you know, you did, you know, you, at the moment you didn't, but then for years afterwards you did. So let's just sort of put that in there. So, right. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that approach. And like, um, I mean, it sounds like you got it. And your your wife's an an, an actor, so like you're around that. It. And she was in it too. She was in the yeah. film, which is uh There's a film. I, there's a book I oh, wrote. What? Oh wow! I did. I don't think I because it's been yeah. so long since I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, there's a book I wrote about the making of the film called the reenactments yeah yeah and it ends with the scene with with lily uh with you know lily it, it was very trippy seeing my wife playing a you know someone i was working with in my 20s uh and uh and, and you know in the the paul dano version of the film like we are very lost i mean i was very lost in my 20s too but uh i did do some shit um and uh and her like sort of she lily kept putting in these gestures that weren't in the script where she would sort of touch the paul dano character like really like lovingly like put her hand like just on his shoulder or something or his on his leg or something and every time i see it i sort of jump a little bit yeah like 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 you're so tender and so like sort of like really lily's a great you know my lily's my favorite actress so right well she was she was in um the perry mason um, she was Mason, was, yeah. Oh, I love that was that was so good. I so that incredible. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. She she she, she kills it. So yeah. Uh, and so the book talks about that about that. There's these three moments where she touches the Dano character and it sort of like goes through the film. It ends with one of them uh, and mm-hmm. sort of like saying like uh, you know as if to say like I'll I'll be here for you if you can find your way to me or something like yeah. This, this weird thing where the actor becomes the wife becomes the. Yeah, no, it's always so, it's so incredible. I got to read, yeah, the the reenactments, that's what it's called? Reenactments, yeah. yeah. I got I got to get that because uh, it, I love when a movie works well off of a book and it becomes its own piece of art, but it, but it complements the book. 
Yeah. And I feel like it did it. I think it's a good film. I think it's a good film. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, there's a book. It's a, it's, it's pretty funny. It's an anthology. My buddy, Stephen J. Schwartz put it out and it's called Hollywood versus the author. And so there are all these um, stories. Some are like really incredible. Like I think Michael Connelly has a, a with um with Bosch and his, his experience. And then you have some like horror stories about people getting ripped off. So it's yeah. like it's all over the place. I mean, it's everyone's story is totally different. And yeah, I feel very lucky that mine, <laughs> you know, that 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 it got made is a miracle. That it, that's a decent movie is a miracle. That it like you know that I'm friends with the director and the and you know his team is a miracle. You right. Know? So it's all yeah. It's all yeah. It's all good. That's great. Um, I've been asking, like everyone who's been on since we, you know, started doing this at the beginning of or near the beginning of the pandemic. So, how, if it has impacted your writing at all? Or I know I've talked to some writers where they've just kind of hit a brick wall, and other writers are like, "Oh, well, this is pretty much how I live my life, <laughs> anyways." <laughs> so I'm just curious how how not, you've been not, doing not, I, I was i was sort of shell-shocked for i couldn't write anything for a while i did write some i, I, I tried to capture some of the experience of the pandemic but i did it with my students because i was teaching in houston when it hit and i so i already established like a rhythm with my students uh and then we you know it hit like right around spring break we just didn't come back from spring break you know that was like midway through the semester and i just had them all write like just just you know, describe what's happening in this. And so there was some writing that came out of that. And then there just these little pockets there were long periods where I didn't write, but I also had three books coming out. So it, it didn't, I wasn't really right. thinking I was going to write much. And now I found a, a bit of a rhythm again. So it's, it's fine. You know, it's like, you know, there's, there's bigger problems than whether I write another poem. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've done pretty good. I mean, it's about, it's coming up on a year now and um I mean, I can't believe it. I'm getting, I'm getting the first, they're giving teachers here the vaccine. So I'm getting the first dose tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations. Um, so, thanks. Congratulations. I'm excited about that. But it's like, um, and it was my last year, my 30s. So I, I turned 40 March 15th, like right when it kind of hit and we uh -huh. shut down. So it was like, I, my last year, um, it just feels like, yeah, like it, uh, it drug out, but it went by so fast and like, Almost, Nothing happened and everything happened. <laughs> you'd almost blame the whole pandemic on you. I mean. <laughs> yeah, you could. I mean, <laughs> it was my birthday. Yeah. I mean, it was like. <laughs> yeah, you turning, you turning 40 was like, you know, the end of the world. Just well, like, it's like, it's the Ides of March. I always tell my students, you know, yeah, so my, yeah. <laughs> my birthday is Ides of March. Where? Yeah. There. Yeah. I love oh. it. I love it. <laughs> um. So are you working on anything right now? Or are you you're kind of hitting a rhythm? I, you know, I know like as writers, you don't like to maybe talk I'm about. I'm, I'm writing poems uh, yeah. these days. I have a writing group that I, I'm doing poems in the writing group. Uh, and uh, I did a thing where in um, December, I, I, I committed to writing a poem a day, which is like really mm -hmm. intense. I did it off these collages that I make. You know, there's some of those collages in, the, in Stay. And right. so I, I took and I always wanted to write a poem to go with each collage. Uh, and so I did like a, a poem a day for like, you know, 31 days of December. And now I'm going over them and, you know, revising them and sort of bringing one in a week. So that was like one, that's a project that I've been doing, so. Oh, cool, excellent. And I'm writing, I'm writing a, a profile of the writer, uh, Jacqueline Woodson, uh, who is a dear friend I've known forever. 
and she's going to be on the cover of, of a magazine. They asked me to write the profile of it. And uh, so I'm reading her books and she's written like 40 freaking books. So I'm reading like I'm sort of immersed in it, which is really a pleasure. Uh, right. Immersed. I've read a lot of her books over the years, but I'm really just trying to go through and get ready for this. So, yeah, she's incredible. I have I think I think her most I think it's her most recent book. Um with you know her as a little girl so i've only i'm i'm familiar with her but i haven't read Which a one, ton girl, of her long girl dreaming that one yep or? yep that, that one no no that that's like three <laughs> books since then I mean, she's uh, like she's like i know that's that's like you know she's she writes a book a, a year she comes out with a book a year yeah so. yeah that's prolific that's a, i don't know how people yeah, yeah pull that off. great that's a great book yeah i love that book it's so good i just, I just reread that i just reread that one uh you know uh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, well, great. I think, I think, um, I think we did it. I think we, I think perfect, this was successful. Panic. So now I get to have my, my COVID anti COVID dinner, you know, with anti -COVID my dinner. Yeah. With my, I love with, it. My, my post COVID friends, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully soon. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the end is in sight and we can get back to some kind of, you know, remnant of what it once was and we can, learn something and glad you're getting uh the, the the vaccine that's great you know i look yeah i look, I'm, I'm my day. I look forward to when my number comes up so yeah yeah <laughs> excellent well thanks so much nick flynn um this yeah, has been thanks, a blast i'm thanks, Kyle. Out. thanks thank Kyle. you so much okay i'll be in touch all right man